respected voices in the game. It's time to talk hockey with Peter Hood on Shom 97.7. Now it'll pop loose. Nobody in front. Now the puck comes out there. It's shot down the ice. And the winners and still champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, have won the Stanley Cup. Uh, with that, the run to the cup is over. We say good morning to Pierre Hood at 821 from Réseau d'Espoir. Bonjour, Pierre. Bonjour, Pete. How are you today? I'm pretty good, you know. Still filled with optimism. Looking forward to next year. And uh, we gave it to well, the old college try, as they say, but uh, we just couldn't pull <laughs> through. And, you know. And it was, talk about a tight checking game last night. One nothing, the final man. Yeah, we, uh, well, you know, maybe we should have known a little bit better. Uh, in terms of uh, what the Lightning would put on the table last night, Pete, because uh, they did exactly the same with the Islanders. Uh, you remember when they beat the Islanders 8-0? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, they, um, they, they thought that, uh, we, well, we all thought it was over. And then there was some sort of a little collapse, maybe um, a little loss of focus, and the Islanders were able to, to tie the series 3-3. Uh, with a with a with a tight game, and uh, boy, it was all open for Game Seven. And then the the Lightning did exactly to the Islanders what they did to the Habs last night. They came up with a one nothing win. And uh, you know, Pete, this this is the um, this is what you have to um, to to give up to to great teams. I as much as I hate the word dynasty because I'm I'm not so sure it applies in modern sports anymore. But let's use it for the sake of our discussion. If you want to build up some sort of a dynasty recognition, uh, well, I guess you have to show that you can win uh, the uh, the ugly games. You can, you can win the great games. You can win eight to seven. You can win one nothing. And regardless of the opponent and regardless of how you win games, you do win most of your games and then you win championships. So I guess that this applies now to the Lightning and uh, I don't know if you agree, Pete, but more and more this team um, remembers me, the Blackhawks of the 2010s. I think that um, uh, the uh, the Blackhawks repeatedly were able to build around the core of their team. They were able to manage the, uh, the, the budget cap or the salary cap, but they were able to win three Stanley Cups. And I think that... Uh, the parallel is uh, is legitimate as we speak this morning. 100% with you on that. Let's talk about the players, a mix of pride and a mix of pain for the players and the coach. And they say that the most this could be the most painful summer now for those uh, who have played in the Stanley Cup final and lost. I thought, you know, the Canadians will go home and they'll say, well, we gave it a great try, guys, and love playing with you and all this. But they, it's something that they do take on the chin, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, the uh, probably the uh, the strongest and the most emotional testimony I ever had was from Jean-Sébastien Giguère. You remember the, uh, the, the yeah. Anaheim Ducks goalie? You remember Pete when he won the Conn Smythe Trophy in a losing cause? Uh, I will always remember. This was my first Stanley Cup uh, as a play-by-play announcer, as a matter of fact. And I, re- I remember Jean-Sébastien uh, in uh, in Jersey crying crying a river <laughs> on the ice uh not not only being emotional or choking a little bit but literally as a, as a as a child crying a river because it it strikes how much you give uh to to be there and then to try to win and then all the pains physical and psychological pains 
they all go to the surface in the losing cause. And you still finish very late. <laughs> and training camp is at the corner. <laughs> and, and, and you have a little time or less time than the others to recover. But you're still you're still on the losing side. So yeah. as far as uh, and, and when he finally won, he told me how much it was one of the most painful summer he had to go through. It has nothing to do with your personal life. I mean, you get family and you get friends and you got the leisure and you, you can play golf and you can forget about it for a while. Right. But as, as an athlete and as a professional player in the NHL, it's uh, all of those who went there told me that uh, it was just uh, such a painful and long, long summer. Conn Smythe Trophy being handed over to uh, Andrei Vasilyevsky, and, and, and rightly so. I guess he deserves it. I don't know if you saw the picture this morning or last night, maybe, Pierre, of uh, Carey Price and Vasilyevsky coming uh, face-to-face. He is huge. He's the size of, like, a piano case, this guy. It's a wonder <laughs> we could get a puck past this guy. But he's a heck of a, defense, a, heck of a, a, heck of a goaltender, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, there are you can have your own criteria, Pete, as far as the, the consmite is, is concerned. And you would be right. And I could have my own and Esteban could have his own. And we, we could all be right. I think that uh, one of the factors that uh, we don't want to uh, under evaluate is consistency. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a tough and long run uh, in the playoffs. And when you get the net every night as a starter. Uh, and and you have to day in and day out and night in and night out you have to perform uh, to the highest level with the highest the highest stake at hand. Uh, I guess that because of his uh, consistency, uh, of course a little uh, a little give bad goal here and there, but that that was not enough uh, to make a, a difference in the in the series and especially not in the final. So. You know, it could have gone to Kucherov. It could have gone to Braden Point. Uh, I would have liked to see also Victor Hedman. Uh, he was probably considered, but uh, you know, when you when you're a good, strong defenseman, but you don't have uh, as as uh, as you know as many numbers on the board as others. Well, the tendency is to forget about them. But I think that overall, it's a, it's a wise choice, and uh, he deserves to bring the the Consmite Trophy home. Well, the season's over, but uh, not quite for Monsieur Marc Belchabin. He's going to have a lot on his plate for the next couple of weeks. Probably take a couple yeah. of days off and then get down to, well, the business at hand is being a GM of the Canadians. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring it up, Pete, because uh, you know what? If you allow me into your life tomorrow morning, we'll wrap it up tomorrow as opposed to today. Yeah. And I think that uh, we will expand a little bit on this uh, tomorrow. Uh, there is, a, It's a huge, huge summer. Uh, for not only for Marc Bergevin, but uh, for many general managers in the league, you've got to prepare, of course, the uh, the, the expansion draft. Yeah. You've got to prepare the uh, the, the draft itself. Uh, lots of good quality junior players, but uh, a more difficult evaluation of young talents because of COVID. Uh, and then you've got the free agency market that opens up on the 28th. Habs have uh, some uh, some key uh, uh, UFAs to deal with, starting with Philippe Dano. So uh, if you, uh, as I said, if you allow me, we will wrap it up tomorrow and try to make some sense of what's coming ahead for Marc Bergevin for the Habs. Good, okay. You're more than welcome, of course, and there will be a lot to talk about, too, as we look ahead to, uh, to the summer and next season, too, perhaps, for the Canadians. So we'll look forward to having you tomorrow, Pierre. Let's do that uh, tomorrow and uh, wrap it up uh, properly tomorrow morning.